Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to the show. I am your host, your girl, the chick who is still rocking 90s music in 2021 like it just came out this summer. The girl who will still do the Tootsie Roll dance if the song came on right now. The girl who still wants D'Angelo to be her boyfriend. Facts. Hope you checked out that last ep because I'm still thinking about it. Yes, I am your 90s music girl. Let's get into it today. Because today's artists, artists plural, are members of one of the most influential alternative hip-hop groups to come out of the 90s. Their second album was listed as one of the best-selling albums of all time. Rolling Stones credited them as having one of the greatest albums of all time and one of the greatest songs of all time. Today, I am talking about the Fugees. What? Ready or not, here I come. My enemies like a game of chess where I rest. No stress if you don't smoke zest. Less, I must confess, my destiny's manifest. There's some cortex and sweats. I make tracks like I'm homeless. Rap orgies with Borgy and Bess. But first, and before we get into the Fuji story, let's go back in time to revisit the events when they first hit the scene. Since it was their second album, The Score, that hit the biggest, I'm gonna go back to February 1996 when that album dropped. Okay, February 1996, in the music events. Tupac released his album, All Eyes On Me, um, which features the song, California Love. Er, 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 er. On 214, your girl's birthday, the artist formerly known as Prince married his backup dancer, Maite Garcia. Yeah, it didn't quite work out, but that was a moment in history, huh? Prince get married? Like, that was weird. Uh, hot music singles. One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. This was a record breaker. Not my type of song, but a lot of other people liked it. LL Cool J's Hey Lover. Mmm, I had that MJ sample. I remember that. Mmm, hey LL, how you doing? Monica's Before You Walk Out of My Life. Yes, discussed in the Monica episode. Check it out in case you missed it. That is actually my favorite song by Monica. But I discussed that in depth in that episode. So TLC's Digging On You. Also discussed in a prior episode. Um, really cool video. Really chill. That was, that was a hot one. Sitting Up In My Room by Brandy. This was from the Waiting To Exhale soundtrack. Uh, another really great solid 90s soundtrack and one that's on my list to cover so stay tuned another hot single was uh coolio's gangsta's paradise yes this song this song this song was on the radio it seemed like every hour like to the point it got on my nerves i mean it was hot it was cool but yeah <laughs> Gangsta's Paradise. Um, plus, I came out with that movie. It was that movie with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, which, you know, I went into it thinking it was one thing, and I was kind of like, mm, yeah, yeah, not for me. Anyway, another great one, Groove Theory's Tell Me. Um, I think that might have been their only hit, but beautiful song regardless. And uh, yeah, those were just a few of the hot singles from February 1996. In terms of movies, not a whole lot worth mentioning. Um, the one that I did note was called Dead Man Walking with Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. I personally never saw this one, but I love me some Susan because I'm a Thelma and Louise fan. So maybe I'll check it out sometime. Uh, okay, and Tim Robbins, uh, Shawshank Redemption. That's what I know him from. So February 96, y'all. Okay on to other business now just one quick stop before we get back into fuji's and that is the featured song of the week released in 1993 this rap song caught my attention due to the chill vibe it gave me mixed with their laid-back personas and dope samples the song was 93 till infinity by souls of mischief 
what's up? This is Tajay of the Mighty Souls of Mischief Crew. I'm chilling with my man Festo, my man A Plus, and my man Oak. You know he's dope. Yeah. And right now, you know, we're just maxing in the studio. We're hailing from East Oakland, California, and um, sometimes it gets a little hectic out there. But right now, you know, we're going to up you on how we just chill. From East Oakland, California, the group members Tajay and A Plus began rhyming together while in elementary school. Tajay later met Festo in junior high, and A Plus brought his friend Opio, a friend from high school, into the group. They became a part of a hip hop collective called Hieroglyphics, along with MCs Del the Funky Homo Sapien, Pep Love, Habis, Casual, and producer Domino. The foursome became Souls of Mischief and were signed to Jive Records and released the singles That's When You Lost and Never No More before releasing 93 Till Infinity. Citizens of Humanity wrote this about the song, quote, The funk-infused album was an underground success offering true beat junkies a refreshingly unique sound that was unlike anything being produced by more established hip-hop acts during that time. Rather than take the easy route of excessively gabbing about babes, blunts, and bling, Soul of Mischief's perspective challenges the listener to think, offering a provocative array of memorable lyrics, both bold and brainy. End quote. The song features one pretty memorable sample taken from the 1971 song by Billy Cobham. It's called Heather. The sample made the song so chill to me, and I recall really digging this video. Thinking back on it, I didn't really know what it was that appealed to me, but watching the video now, I think it was seeing the members on the beach and also shots of them at uh, what I found out is Yosemite National Park. It's something about that very last shot of them with the camera panning each member with mountains behind them. The whole thing just had a very different vibe than what most rap videos had going on at the time. The song reached number 72 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 17 on the top R&B hip-hop albums. And in January 1998, was named one of the top 100 rap albums by The Source magazine. Souls of Mischief went on to record five more albums, the last one in 2014. Tajay eventually went to Stanford and then got his master's in architecture from Berkeley. Opio, Festo, and A-Plus all worked on solo music projects with A-Plus dabbling in EDM, which is electronic dance music. Very, very cool. And now for our featured artist of the week. Now Oost Wyclef Jean, who was named after the biblical scholar John Wyclef, was born in October 17, 1969 in, okay, I should have looked this up, Croix du Bouquest, Haiti? My apologies. He immigrated to Brooklyn, New York with his family at the age of nine, but then settled in Newark in East Orange, New Jersey. He developed a love and interest in music very early on, so much in fact that his mom bought him a guitar. He idolized many of the popular Haitian reggae artists such as Big A Haitian and MC Tiger Paw Paw and stated that he played music to earn respect. Young Wyclef graduated from Valesburg High in Newark and then went on to finish one semester at the Five Towns College in New York. 
Prize Carell Samuel Michelle was born on October 19, 1972 in Brooklyn, New York, but later his family moved to Irvington, New Jersey. Again, my apologies if I'm mispronouncing his last name. I couldn't quite figure out which was correct. He attended Columbia High in Maplewood, New Jersey, where he met a young Lauren Hill. Lauren Noel Hill was born on May 26, 1975 in Newark, New York to an English teacher mother and a father who was a computer and management consultant. She was the second child after older brother Mulaney. The family eventually settled in East Orange, New Jersey. During her childhood, music was a big part of her family life. Lauren had this to say about her family, quote, there were so many albums, so much music constantly being played. My mother played the piano, my father sang, and we were always surrounded by music, end quote. She also stated she used to go to sleep with Marvin Gaye's What's Going On album playing on repeat. Such a great album. Love me some Marvin. Inspired by her musical parents, she loved to sing and in middle school sang a rendition of the Star Spangled Banner that was recorded and replayed at subsequent games. In 1988, Lauren even appeared on the TV show It's Showtime at the Apollo, singing Smokey Robinson's Who's Loving You and was booed. Y'all, I'm not even going to play a clip because I think it's real foul. She was a child being booed by grown adults. It's actually really cringy and it just pisses me off, especially knowing what a talent she would showcase later. Ugh. Anyway. Lauren then went on to attend Columbia High School. It should also be mentioned that as a youngster, Lauren also studied acting and took classes in Manhattan. She appeared in MC Light's off-Broadway play, Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, a hip-hop-oriented play, and she landed a role on the soap opera As the World Turns in the role of troubled teenager Kira Johnson. It was a freshman and through a mutual friend named Marcy Harriel that she met classmate Praz, and they soon formed a music trio they called Time. Sometime later, Marcy left the group and was joined by Praz's cousin, Wyclef Jean, and they renamed themselves Translator Crew, along with drummer Johnny Wise, bass guitar player Ty Bass, and a DJ, Leon. The new group played numerous local gigs, high school talent shows, and local talent showcases. Originally, Lauren was brought on to be a singer, but then decided to learn to rap. Instead of modeling her style with female rappers such as salt and Pepper or MC Light, she focused on male rappers like Ice Cube. Eventually, the trio caught the attention of Columbia Records, which decided to sign the trio, but under their new group name, Fugees. The name Fugees is short for refugees, a normally derogatory term used to describe Haitian Americans. The name Refugee Camp was a broader name used for other affiliated musicians and members of the group. It was the Caribbean background of both Praz and Wyclef, who grew up with religious backgrounds in the church, that contributed greatly to the sound and vibe of the group as they began to record their debut album. Also during this time, Praz attended Rutgers University and Yale University, studying philosophy and psychology. That boy got smarts. In February 1994, the Fuji's debut album, Blunted on Reality, was released and featured three official singles, Boof Baff, Nappy Heads, and Vocab. While the album was recorded in 1992, due to a dispute within the record label, it was not finished until 94. From this debut, it was the single, Nappy Heads, that performed the best. The song peaked at number 49 on the Hot 100. As for the other singles off the album, the track Vocab did not perform well, peaking at number one on the US R&B charts, and the lead single Booth Bath failed to chart at all. 
Later, the Fuji said of the album that they felt they allowed the producers too much creative control. The album initially sold 12,000 copies, but would later sell roughly 130,000 copies. In February 1996, the Fugees released their second and what would be their final album together, The Score. This time, the production was handled mostly by the Fugees themselves, and it shows because this release would go on to not only be their most successful album, but a widely and critically acclaimed and also highly regarded album. The album had four official singles, and the first one, which was released in December here this started it all for me who was not paying attention to the song when it dropped producer Salam Remy stated that the song was originally done before they worked on the score they were working on a song for Spike Lee's movie Clockers when Wyclef said yo play that beat you did for Fat Joe and Lauren was like yo play that Fat Joe beat and then when he played it Wyclef jumped up and freestyled the first verse to Fuji La after that, it all fell together. The song had a video, which they shot in Jamaica, inspired by the Jimmy Cliff movie, The Harder They Come. I remember the song grabbed my attention immediately. At this point, I had not seen a rap group with two guys and a girl, and Lauren was holding her own. The song featured three samples, which include the obvious Tina Marie song, Ooh La La, but also a song called, I Don't Wanna Be Right by Ramsey Lewis and a song called Shakila by the Poor Righteous Teachers. The song hit number one on the Billboard dance charts and top 40 on the Hot 100. The second single from the score album was Killing Me Softly. Strumming my pain with his fingers Singing my life with his words Killing me softly with his song think is easily my favorite song by the Fugees. Yes, ma'am. I could gush for a while about this one, but let's get into it. First things first, the song samples a bit from the Tribe Called Quest song, Bonita Applebaum. Yep, I'm sure you heard that. But the Tribe had also sampled that from a song called Memory Band from a psychedelic group called Rotary Connection. Ooh. 
So the next sample was the obvious one as it's really that Fuji's had covered the track by singer Roberta Flack from her song, Killing Me Softly with his song. I was definitely aware of this original song and thought it was really genius of them to cover it and Lauren did such a beautiful job. The song became an international hit topping the charts in several countries including Belgium, Germany, Iceland and the Netherlands and in the UK where it became the best selling hip hop single by a group and the best selling single of 1996. The video for the song won the MTV Video Music Award for Best R&B Video and they won Best R&B Performance by a duo or group with vocal at the 97 Grammys. Killing Me Softly was also ranked at number 25 on VH1's 100's Greatest Songs of Hip Hop and number 44 on their Greatest Songs of the 90s. The third single released from the album was Ready or Not. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and take it slowly, ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and make you yeah. want me. Now that I escape, sleep, walk away, yeah. those who can relate know the world they kick. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake, they break. When they meet their 400 pound lady, if I could rule the world, everyone would have a gun in the ghetto, of course. When get the up and on their horse, kick around, drinking moonshine. I pour a sip on the concrete for the deceased, but no, don't weep. Why Clef's in the state of sleep, thinking about the robbery that I did last week. Money in the bag, banker look like a drag. I wanna play with Pelicans from here to Baghdad. Gun blast, think fast, I think I'm hit. My girl pinched my hips to see if I still exist. I think not. I'll send a letter to my friends. A born again, hooligan, only to be king again. Ready or not? Here I come, you can't hide. Okay, so once again, the first thing I need to get into is this sample. The song contains a sample from an Enya song called Bodicia. Bodicia, Bodicia, sorry, it's a lot of words that I don't know how to pronounce in this episode. Forgive your girl. Anyway, the sample was pretty ominous, huh? But an interesting song regardless. I also knew of this Enya song from the Stephen King movie Sleepwalkers. Yep. Turned out Fuji's did not get the proper permissions to use this sample and Enya considered suing them. They ended up reaching an out-of-court settlement when she realized that they were not gangster rap. Wyclef had this to say on that. Quote, Luckily, when Enya heard everything, she was like, this is different, and she gave us a pass, which she does not need to do. End quote. The situation was a learning experience for the group, who at the time were unaware of copyright clearance and unfamiliar with publishing procedures. The song's chorus was also taken from the Delphonic song, Ready or Not, Here I Come, Can't Hide from Love. an interesting little backstory about the song Ready or Not as well. According to their Wikipedia bio page, the group had temporarily broken up when the song was recorded. Reflecting on the recording process, Prize said, quote, 
At one point, the group had disbanded. Lauren had left the group at this point, and we didn't know what we were going to do. She calls me and says, listen, I'm going to come down to the studio, and I'm going to lay down a reference for you guys, a hook. I give you permission to use my hook, my voice, but I don't want no part of the group anymore. I said, fair enough, no problem. She said, make sure certain people are not around when I'm there. I said, no problem. She's laying the reference for Ready or Not and then goes into the bridge and she's crying. I see her crying. She stops and says, I can't do this anymore and leaves. A couple months later, she rejoins the group. She said, let's do Ready or Not again because I was crying and it was emotional. She goes into the studio to do Ready or Not again. She was in there five hours doing the hook. Every hit is incredible. But we go back and say, there's something about that reference. I don't know if we can touch that. In the end, we keep the reference. That's what the world has come to hear. There's something about that record that's magic. End quote. Totally agreed. And the video was just as hot. Apparently, it cost $1.3 million, with Vibe magazine stating that it helped usher in the era of bank-breaking movie-like hip-hop videos, which featured helicopters, explosions, sharks, chase scenes, etc., the song was another hit for the group, topping the charts in the U.S. and the U.K. Even Barack Obama listed it as one of his favorite songs. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame listed it as one of the songs that shaped rock and roll. The last single from the score album released in November 1996 was No Woman, No Cry. Forget your past, so dry your tears, I say, until my peeps who passed away. The song was a cover, first recorded by Bob Marley and the Wailers in 1974. This song featured Wyclef on the lead vocals and a few lyrics were changed. The song did well internationally, namely because it was not physically released as a single in the US, but it reached the top of the charts in New Zealand, the United Kingdom, Denmark, and Ireland. The Fuji's album The Score peaked at number one on the Billboard 200 and as of February 2021, has been certified seven times platinum. It is critically acclaimed among music critics and noted as one of the best hip-hop albums from the 1990s. Rolling Stone listed it among the 500 greatest albums of all time in 2020, and in 1998, the source included it on its list of 100 best rap albums. In 1997, the members of Fuji's began working on solo projects. It should be noted that Lauren had already done lots of solo work, appearing in a Steven Soderbergh film called King of the Hill in 1993, and also that same year appearing in Sister Act 2 with Whoopi Goldberg in the role of Rita Watson. I sing because I'm And I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. Please don't stop. Uh, I absolutely love that scene. Her voice always gives me chills. In 1997, Wyclef Jean released his debut solo album titled Wyclef Jean Presents the Carnival, featuring the Refugee All-Stars. The album had several notable guests, including Lauryn Hill Prize, the Neville Brothers, and Celia Cruz. The first single released in May 1997 was We Trying to Stay Alive. We got the refugees, all stars, rubber dubbing in the club. Wide club, John, John Forte, Roswell. Now I mean the streets. 
Once again, a little crazy. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at, look at here. Look at Shorty got back. Should I ask her for a dance? Hold on, there's too many in the wolf pack. And besides, dirty cats talking to her. Yo, I totally forgot about this one, but I remember this and the video. Firstly, I love me some BGs, and I'm a sucker for some 70s disco. Yes, come through. You will never do me wrong with some 70s disco. Make note of it. Of course, the main hook samples the 1977 song Staying Alive, but also a sample from Audio 2's Top Billin' and Trans Europe Express by Kraftwerk. The song went on to hit number 45 on the Hot 100 and was listed on VH1's Greatest Hip Hop Songs of All Time list. The next single from the album is called Guantanamera. The hook was sampled from the Cuban song Guantanamera and was popularized by the singer Celia Cruz, who also appeared in the music video. The song hit number 9 on the Hot 100. The next single out in December 97 was Gone Till November. I dedicate this record to Carnival to all you brothers taking long trips down south, Virginia, Baltimore, all around the world, and your girl gets this message that you ain't coming back. She's sitting back in a room, the lights is off, she's crying. And then my voice comes in, pow, in the middle of the night, and this is what I told her for you. Every time I make a run, girl, you turn around and cry. I ask myself why, oh, why See, you must understand, I can't work a nine to five. So I'll be gone to, till November. To. Said I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl you I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. You tell my girl you I'll be gone till November. January, February, March, April, May. I see you crying, but girl I can't stay. I'll be gone till November. I'll be gone till November. And give a kiss to my mother when I come back. Okay, I have to admit, I thought I remembered this song, but I don't think I really took this one in because listening to it now in 2021, it hits different. I can't explain it, but it's beautifully done. I'm gonna have to add this one to my playlist. This hit number seven on the Hot 100. The last two singles in the album didn't fare as well, and they were Cheated to All the Girls and Gunpowder. The first hitting number 61 on the Hot 100 and the latter number 75. Wyclef's debut, The Carnival, was met with critical acclaim with many commenting on the diverse mix of genres employed. Stephen Thompson of the AV Club stated that it was a stunning solo album that was light years away from the score and that it has a universalist embrace of music in all forms. Rolling Stone ranked it 69th best album of the 1990s and it sold 2 million worldwide. In October 1998, Prize released his solo debut album, Ghetto Superstar, which debuted at number 55 on the Billboard 200 charts and led with the title track featuring Old Dirty Bastard and singer Maya. The single became a worldwide hit, reaching number one in several countries and Prize's biggest hit to date. 
The main hook was interpolated from the Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton song, Islands in the Stream, and it was included on the soundtrack for the 1998 movie, Bullworth. There were two other singles released from this album, Blue Angels and Whatcha Wanna Do, but neither charted in the U.S. Ghetto Superstar, the title track, however, was nominated for Best Rap Performance by a duo or group at the 41st Grammys. Just a few months before Prize debuted his solo album, Lauryn Hill released hers, which was titled The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill in August 1998. The title was inspired by two novels, The Education of Sonny Carson and The Miseducation of the Negro by Carter G. Woodson. The many themes of the songs included issues within the group, her pregnancy and first child, and her spirituality. I think it's no secret this album became a major hit worldwide and Lauren broke records with this one. It is easily considered one of the most critically acclaimed albums of 1998 and beyond. There were five singles released. The first single release was in July 1998 and that was Doo-Wop That Thing. Okay, this one here, I think it's safe to say you put this one on and everybody will instantly be feeling good. Man, everything about this song is so on point. In the lyrics, Lauren is basically warning young black people to respect themselves, demand, and do better. She tells women to not be a hard rock when they really are a gem and gets on guys for being more concerned with rims and Tims and women. Real talk, the one she got me with is when she says, it's silly when girls sell their soul because it's in, look at where you be in, hair weaves like Europeans, fake nails done by Koreans, come again. I was like, oh snap, no she didn't. But yes, she did. Girl, tell it. No, on the real, she was telling me because that was definitely me in the 90s and beyond. <laughs> and the video, oh, so good. It was done with a split screen with Lauren on both sides, but one represented the 90s and the other the 60s. Pretty damn genius. And of course, she looked every bit of amazing in it. The song went to number one and was the first single to do so that was written, produced, and recorded by a solo female artist since Debbie Gibson with her Foolish Beat single, which I loved me some Debbie. Hey, Debbie. And the song ended up being a record breaker, making Lauryn Hill only the third female solo artist to have a song debut at number one behind Celine Dion and Mariah Carey, where it stayed for nearly 19 years. Take that in just wow man i'm like where do you go from here well on to the next single released in august 98 and that was lost ones This song was a promotional release and the story is it's a diss song speaking on the trouble she was having with the Fuji's bandmates, specifically Wyclef that she apparently was involved with at some point. The song peaked at number 27 on the Billboard R&B Hip Hop Airplay charts and was nominated for Best Rap Solo Performance at the Grammys. The next promotional single was Can't Take My Eyes Off Of You. Uh, 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 uh,
cover of the 1967 Frankie Valley song and apparently was recorded when Lauren was eight months pregnant with her son Zion. Okay, I have a teeny tiny little memory relating to this song. Bear with me real, real quick. Y'all know I'm a boy mom to two little princes. Well, the same day that I found out that my second child was to be another boy, I was in my car on the way to pick up boy number one when this song came on the radio. I was already highly emotional that morning since I got the fabulous news that the baby was indeed healthy. When I heard the lyrics of this song, I just started singing along and tearing up in the car just fueled with happiness, love, and euphoria. Fantastic, happy, happy memory. The song was included as a hidden track on the album and peaked at number two on the rhythmic top 40 charts. The next single off the album was X Factor. X-Factor spent 22 weeks on the chart, peaking at number 21, and features a sample from the song Can It Be All So Simple by Wu-Tang Clan. Critics praised it for her enchanting vocals and lyrics, and Lauren picked up the award for Best R&B and Soul Single at the 2000 Soul Train Awards. Spin Magazine named it the number three best single of 1999, and The Ringer listed it as the 18th greatest breakup song of all time. In spring of 1999, Lauren released the last single from the album, Everything Is Everything. song was also praised by critics for his lyrics and mix of 60 soul hip-hop and r&b and also features the first appearance of a young 19 year old pianist known as john legend lauren was inspired to write the song to inner city youths struggling with injustice the single reached top 40 status in the u.s and top 20 in the uk to say the album the miseducation of lauren hill was a huge success is an understatement Lauren was praised for her artistic range and presenting the topics she covered in love and life and from a black woman's point of view. She went on to get nominated for 10 Grammy Awards, winning five of them in one night, which include Best R&B Song, Best New Artist, Best Female R&B Vocal Performance, Best R&B Album, and Best Album of the Year, making it the first hip-hop album ever to receive that honor. She also set a record becoming the first woman to receive five Grammys in one night. Many more awards followed for this and the accolades list is just as long. 
The album has been listed on the greatest albums list from dozens of other sources, including Blender, Entertainment Weekly, Rolling Stone, Spin, VH1, and Vibe, just to name a few. After the success of her debut and only album, Lauren did work writing and producing with artists such as Carlos Santana, Mary J. Blige, and CeeLo, and even did some touring before giving birth to her second child, and then going on a self-imposed exile. She would later admit that the pressures of fame became overwhelming to her and spent time where she stopped listening to music, watching TV, and took Bible classes five days a week. She described this time to Essence Magazine as, quote, People need to understand that the Lauren Hill they were exposed to in the beginning was all that was allowed in that arena at that time. I had to step away when I realized that for the sake of the machine, I was being way too compromised. I felt uncomfortable about having to smile in someone's face when I really didn't like them or even know them well enough to like them, end quote. In 2000, Wyclef Jean released his second album, The Eclectic, Two Sides to a Book, which featured five singles and peaked at number three on the top R&B hip hop albums chart. He then released a single called 911 with Mary J. Blige after the terrorist attacks. He would go on to record seven more solo albums and write and produce and feature on many other singles, including the song No 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 by Destiny's Child, Maria Maria with Carlos Santana, Hips Don't Lie with Shakira, and he co-wrote the song My Love Is Your Love for Whitney Houston. In 2001, Wyclef set up a charitable organization he called Yay Lay Haiti, which provided scholarships, meals, and school funding to children in Haiti, and he worked to raise funds for disaster relief after the 2010 earthquake in Haiti. The organization was later closed, facing issues and some lawsuits for unpaid debts. Wyclef also at one point confirmed rumors that he was running for president of Haiti during an interview with CNN in 2010, and even filed the papers to do so. But they were denied since he did not meet the residency requirements, and he accepted that. While it's been known that Wyclef was romantically involved with Lauren during the Fuji's heyday, in 1994, he married Marie Claudinette and they adopted a daughter in 2005. In 2009, they renewed their vows. By the late 1990s, Prize got into acting, making his debut in a cameo role in the film Mystery Man. He then went on to star in numerous roles such as the films Turn It Up, Go For Broke, and The Mutant Chronicles. In 2006, he starred in a documentary called Skid Row, based on a nine-day experience in which he posed as a homeless person in the main streets of Los Angeles, wearing a hidden camera. Prize also worked on a few other documentaries, including one in Somalia, chronicling piracy off the African coast, but which was never completed due to legal issues. And another called Sweet Mickey for President about Haitian musician Michelle Martelli's campaign for the presidency of Haiti. This one was screened at the 2015 Slam Dance Film Festival. While the public didn't hear much from Lauren for a long time, she quietly still continued to create music. In 2001, she performed on MTV Unplugged, just herself and a guitar singing new songs that seemed to be still in the creative process. In her personal life, she had an on and off again relationship with Rowan Marley and produced five children. Lauren also has a sixth child from an unknown father. It's widely known that Lauren faced many personal and professional challenges in prior years with canceled tours, failed concert appearances, many of them in which she showed up very late, as much as two hours late at a time, and tax fraud charges. Regardless of her troubles, she continued to perform and record for various soundtracks, including the movie Surf's Up, What Happened Miss Simone, and the movie Queen and Slim. In August 2007, and after a second failed attempt to reunite, Prize was quoted as saying this about a future reunion for Fuji's. Quote, Before I work with Lauren Hill again, you will have a better chance of seeing Osama bin Laden and George W. Bush in a Starbucks having a latte discussing foreign policies before they will be a Fuji's reunion. End quote. Well, okay, Prize. <laughs> 
That brings me to the present and when I found out Fuji's were indeed reuniting for a tour in 2021. The reunion show was in New York City partnered with Global Citizens Live and while I read that fans had to wait some three and a half hours for the show to actually start, they did show up, all of them. I was delighted to check out a performance on YouTube of Ready or Not and the magic was still there. After this episode, I urge you to check it out and if you can, check out some tickets for the tour because I so wish I can go. Apparently they're coming to DC, but it's not in the cards for me, y'all. So somebody go, tell me how it is. Shake a booty for me. So what to conclude about the Fuji's legacy? Hmm. First, I have to state that for me personally, there was nothing out like Fuji's before and right now in October 2021, I have yet to see anything like Fuji's since. You have a trio of incredibly multi-talented rappers, two guys and a woman who could write, rhyme, produce, play instruments, sing, and whose music collectively and individually crossed many different eras and genres. They spoke on culturally and societal issues, and the songs were bangers. No doubt they were considered one of the most influential rap groups of the 90s, but I would say of all time. They sold over 22 million records worldwide. It's noted that they helped remove negative connotations of Haitian refugees and maybe even the term refugee in general. Their music was multifaceted. Bono from U2 referred to the group as the hip hop version of the Beatles. I think music journalist Kathy Ayadola of the Recording Academy summed it up well when referring to their musical legacy when she wrote, quote, as hip-hop's East and West Coast continued their tussle, their lighter-hearted approach to socially conscious rap curtailed any overarching assumptions that hip-hop was going down a bad road. Plus, they had Lauryn Hill, who doubled as a songbird and a lyrical spitfire. Together, by juxtaposing life instrumentation, soulful melodies, and abstract bars, the Fugees gave hip-hop a renewed spirit and propelled it to a different kind of mainstream. End quote. Just makes me feel so good once again to be so blessed to have been around to experience the Fugees firsthand. And on that last note, y'all know what I'm going to say. That's my time. And not going to lie, this epi took a long time for me to put together. There was so much more to the Fugees stories separately, but also together. So check your interwebs for more because I couldn't include it all. Until the next episode, y'all, I hope you enjoyed it. We gonna do something special. Hey! Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. I need that energy from the front to the back. Let's work, y'all. Like, Ready or not, uh -huh. here I come. Uh -huh. You can't hide. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. I'm gonna find you and take it slowly. Come on. Ready, Ready or not, uh -huh. here I come. Uh -huh. You can't hide. Let's go, y'all. I'm gonna find you and Hands up in the air like this. Now that I escape, sleep, walk away. Uh -huh. Those who can relate know the world they take. Jail bars ain't golden gates. Those who fake they break when they get 400 pounds. If I could rule the world, everyone would have a gun. And they got no, of course, would get the up and on it. Yo, I kick around drinking moonshine. I pour a sip on the concrete. Look at this. But no, no, we walk left in the status. Think about the robbery that I did last week. Money in the bag, make a look like a trick. Uh -huh.